Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to Freaky Friday Where we tell your odd but true stories It's Friday, November 17th And if you're in the United States It's the last Friday before Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving to one and all (laughs) To those who celebrate I love my husband goes I don't really care He's like, I'll eat the food. I'll see people, but nah, like it doesn't. I mean, I- <laughs> there, isn't that what it is? That's all I've ever thought it was. Is and football? I'm a like, parade, you care. football, yeah, like, and football. green bean casserole. Those are the things that I celebrate, and my friends and family, of course, yes. on uh, Thanksgiving. But yeah, the story behind the whole thing is the big crock of shit. So yeah, it's all a crock. But We're all I done love with that one, right? Yeah, it's all we have all realized that's fake. But my uh, mom might makes a mean pea salad, and that's what I look forward to every Ooh, year. So girl. I'm stoked about a pea you know, salad. I love me a pea salad. I am the only one that likes it, so I get the whole bowl set right next to me, and I am not complaining about that. I love that. That's what my mom was listing off what she was making. And she's like, pea salad, because I know you love it. And it's gluten-free. I was like, thank you. And deviled eggs, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to make my pies. I've got my pie stuff in there. I'm the pumpkin pie provider in our family. So I'm no the pressure. PPP. <laughs> yeah, the PPP. No <laughs> pressure on the PPP. But I'll, uh, it's fun. I like to do it every year. It's the one time a year I use the KitchenAid stand mixer I inherited from my aunt. So nice. she was the pie maker. And then when she passed away, it's now become my stand mixer. And so the tradition continues. But Through her, the pies live on. It is. But well, it's never a bad time to be reminded to be grateful. So we're thankful for all of y'all for listening and uh, sharing the show with your friends and everything. Thank you. And I'm especially thankful for macaroni and cheese. Oh, yes. Which uh, Tommy will be making. He Ella requested him to make that. I think he's made some great mashed potatoes last night that he said were way more difficult than he anticipated, but they were so good. So maybe he'll make those too. I I don't really make anything. I'll be honest. Sometimes I'll put a pie together, yeah. but for the most part, I just uh, like to enjoy. I, honestly, it was a mistake me doing this. It's well, not really a mistake. It started because when my aunt was older, she had a degenerative disease. So as she as it progressed, she couldn't make them. So I would come over and help her. So it became this lovely, fun thing we did together. And so now I just have to do it. <laughs> so now you got to do now it. Now I'm the default, but uh, I, it at least helps me think of her. But if if it were not for my darling aunt Darlene, may she rest in peace. I would not be in charge of pies. But I'm happy to to be the torchbearer. You've got the right idea. Because you just, it's a time to sit around. So hopefully, if you're listening, you get some time to relax. If you work in retail, God bless you. If you work in any kind of retail restaurant, something that's open on Thanksgiving or Black Friday, bless your sweet, sweet soul, because that is a nightmare. And if you're going somewhere on Thanksgiving or Black Friday, don't be an asshole. Don't just be so nice. Be the nicest and the most patient, because my God, they have to work those days. Be extra nice. For the first time ever in my life, I went to Starbucks earlier and the person in front of me paid for our car. Ironically, 
I just read an article last night about how baristas hate when people do this because it is very confusing for them to figure out whose order is who and everything. (laughs) And this person said, as a former barista, instead of doing that, tip the yes tip the people yes. and so that's what we did so the the barista already seems stressed and i heard tommy was like the guy in front of us just said he wants to pay for our car and then the barista said it's 32 dollars are you sure <laughs> and the man still did it which thank Bless you him. so much sir if you're listening <laughs> to this that's the thing they drove off and then i'm like but i want to say thank you but yeah. that is a true selfless act to do something without receiving that thanks so we paid it forward by giving this stressed out barista the money that we would have paid for our drinks and let their um operating system get back to normal yeah. i didn't i didn't know that <laughs> and then everyone i've told is like oh yeah 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 they all hate yeah, when people sucks. do that I didn't know that, so I'm glad I know that now. Yeah, my mom was a former Starbucks barista and two of my friends, and we're like, yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, it just causes logistical issues. Mm -hmm. Paris's best friend was at the car inspection place, and he went up to pay, and the car inspection man's like, the person before you paid it forward and paid for your car inspection, which is a set statutory rate of $25. And John was like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, was there anybody else I can pay for? And they said, no, you're like the last customer. And so he's like, I don't know if I just got scammed or if I just got, I mean, I guess I just got a free inspection. So he went and found a different way to pay it forward, I'm sure. But um, like you said, we all can, if we're there consumer, we're able to be consumers at these places. Let's just pay the employees because they're not getting paid very well. So let's just pay it forward that way. But it was very nice. And um, I've, and Ella was like, why did that man pay for us? And so then I got to explain to her, like, it's a thoughtful thing to do. And especially during the holidays, people like to do things like that for strangers. Mm-hmm. She is currently out using um, on some allotted money for the food drive for her school. And Baby. she's going, yes, she's at Target picking out what items she wants to use with the money that we've given her. So I'm excited to see what she comes back with because she wanted to come back with cupcakes. And I had to say, that's great. Everybody loves cupcakes. (laughs) I think maybe we need to do some things that don't expire as quickly, some canned food, some dry goods. So maybe she'll get the ingredients for cupcakes. So yeah, some a sweet treat, but something that can last for a minute. But that's so sweet that they teach them that at school of like Mm -hmm. finding ways to give back to your community and have a food pantry. They do. Her school is wonderful. And I wish that it went through high school because (laughs) this is her last year there and it is, we're going to miss it. But then Simon will be there. So we get to still stick around for a while longer. But all that to say, we're very thankful for all of the things in our lives, especially you and to everyone that sent in their stories today and to our guests that you'll get to hear from at the end of today's episode, who we had a lovely time talking to. (sighs) Oh, I mean, I get excited about all of our guests, but this is the first TikToker that we have on here. And when you meet Jonathan, when we introduce you later, you're going to find out he's so much more. But it's just a face and a voice that we came to love on TikTok. And we're like, is it so crazy to ask him on Freaky Friday? Absolutely not. It was phenomenal. We loved him. Oh, he was great. He's so good. He's so, so uh, nice, too. So Latinos Against Spooky Shit, if you have not followed that TikTok account, follow it and you'll meet him at the end of the show. But right now we have some odd but true tales sent in by you. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one sent in from Tanya and it is called Never Take a Dead End Road. 
Hey, ladies, love the podcast, and thank you for creating a safe space to share these stories. Let's get into it. This happened in November of 2020, when I was in my early 30s. My hobby is wildlife photography, and there's nothing I love more than grabbing my dog and my camera and heading to a quiet, natural area to see what I can find, with the murder podcast, often sinisterhood, on for company. Only one earbud in, of course. I know the rules. The pandemic was still very much front and center back then, so these outings felt like even more of an escape. This time of year in Alberta can be quite cold, but I recall it was only about negative 5 degrees Celsius, about 23 degrees Fahrenheit, so nothing crazy. That is very crazy <laughs> for us, just side note. Yeah, you, I'm sorry, side note. You know this. We were like, it's not bad. It was only 23. That's terrible. <laughs> but it does get dark by about 6 p.m., I actually prefer this. There are, few, there are fewer people out, and I like to go around dusk when wildlife are more active. At the time, we had Winston, a 90-plus-pound rescued husky shepherd cross. He may have looked intimidating, but he was the sweetest boy and gave off some real Eora vibes. We lost him to cancer just over a year later, but I was grateful to have him with me this day. I was heading back to my vehicle after walking him at one of my favorite natural areas, when I noticed an older, dark blue Ford F-150 truck pulled off to the side of the road. As I walked past, I saw that the driver was an older guy, maybe mid-50s, with shaggy gray hair, and honestly, a slightly creepy vibe. He wasn't in one of the two designated parking lots, instead just stopped there on the side of the road. I thought that was kind of weird, but he cruised off eventually, heading to the back parking area. I chastised myself for being judgmental and made it to my SUV in the first parking lot where no one else was parked. As I was driving out, I noticed a moose in the direction the truck had gone, so I headed her way to get some pictures from my vehicle. The truck reappeared, driving slowly by me. I felt another prickle of unease, but he continued past, driving toward the exit. I got my photos and was heading out about five minutes later when I realized that the same truck was now somehow behind me. It felt like he had maybe pulled into the first lot and waited for me, but that would be crazy, right? Again, I shook off any uncertainty and continued on. When you leave this natural area, you have the choice to go right, which eventually takes you back into the city I live in, or left, where a few small acreages are scattered until the road dead ends. I like to drive slowly on the road out. It's along the river and there's often wildlife, so instead of making my usual right, I went left, thinking that the truck would take the normal way out and wouldn't be stuck behind me. Then I could turn around and take my time on the way home. But he followed me left. Full goosebumps now. But I was still trying to justify it, telling myself that maybe he lives down that way. I decided to pull off into a little turnaround area bordered by trees so he could go by me. Instead, he pulled up beside me fully blocking me in with his truck. Panic mode was fully engaged now. I was trapped. It's a pretty remote area. It was almost fully dark, and no one else was on the road. Every murder podcast I've ever listened to was playing in my head. I was calculating how far the nearest house was, wondering what I should do, looking for my phone, wishing Winston wasn't now confined to the back of my SUV. And then I saw the man reaching over to roll down his passenger window. Yes, his truck was that old. I don't know if it was out of ingrained politeness or the hope that maybe he wasn't actually going to murder me, 
but I put my window down too. He immediately looked unsure of himself and just said, oh, you're not the one in the gray hoodie. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I was wearing a beigey grayish coat. As he was talking, his truck had kind of rolled back, so I took advantage, pulling quickly around him and making my way back onto the main road that would take me home. I think I waved at him again. Again, that weird need to be polite, even to potential murderers. But I admit I drove pretty quickly and checked the rearview mirror often, and maybe my heart was racing a lot. I have no idea what his actual intent was or who the girl in the gray hoodie might have been. But this was an extremely scary experience, even though nothing had physically happened to me. I also feel I made a lot of mistakes. I did report it to the police, both because it was so upsetting and because I heard from a friend that she had seen a very similar truck lurking around the same natural area the day before. The officer took me seriously, promising to increase patrols in the area to hopefully track him down and have a conversation. I never heard if they found him. And it took me a while to go back. Even now, three years later, I feel uneasy at times while there. The biggest thing I took away is to trust your instincts and to fuck politeness. Look out for yourself. Also, never take a dead end road. Oof. Well, Tanya, don't feel bad. I mean, you you should be allowed to take a dead end road if you want to go see a moose or something down there. That's what really if I may sound like the uh, older person I am becoming as I sit by the the park and just look at birds, like it gets my goat to think that we can't go and do certain things for fear of being lurked about. Like just act right, man in the truck. Yeah. It sounds like he didn't have the best intentions for either um, someone in a gray hoodie or once he realized maybe he got a look at Tanya and said, Oh, this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. Made up some excuse, but you got out of there. It is that weird ingrained politeness, especially in women that we, and I think it's honestly not politeness as much as self-preservation mm -hmm. because we think, well, if we are quote a bitch to this person, mm -hmm. then that's going to anger them more. And I'm going to be in even more danger. So instead I'll just be deferential and polite which can also get you in trouble. But I think you nailed it when you said, trust your gut. If mm -hmm. something feels weird, listen to trust your gut. It. There's a reason it feels weird. And even if you're in the middle of a situation and you're like, I got to get out of this, this feels weird. But you're like, but I've already started this conversation. It would be rude. Fuck no. it. Fuck yeah. politeness. You're never going to see this man again, hopefully. So yeah. get out of there. You don't owe anybody anything. Yeah, if you need any, if you, like, for me, I always joke that WWCWD, like, what would Christy Wallace do? Or if you just need someone to tell you, you're feel free to just envision our voices and go, nah, I'm done, and just fail. <laughs> just be yeah. like, I'm going to go now. And if they say, why? I don't have to tell you anything. I don't actually have to say or prove anything. But you're right, saying, whatever the intentions were saying, you're not the one in the gray hoodie. I don't mm -hmm. like the depersonalization of a, of, of a woman. You know, which one? There's just a bunch of women out there. Go grab one. It's No, that's a human person who happens to be wearing a coat versus a hoodie. But you, you, there's no need to just get your fucking car out of my way, sir. But you're mm -hmm. right uh, to your point that we that's a reaction that we have of self-preservation. It wasn't until I was in training at Legal Aid for 
basically trying to understand trauma responses of people who've been in violent situations and that it's not just fight or flight or even fight, flight or freeze, but also appease. That is a Mm -hmm. coping mechanism of like, I'm so sorry, let me help you. And it explains why sometimes myself included, we find ourselves in a situation where it becomes heated or angry and your response is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why am I being nice to this abusive or violent person? But it's just something that, that gets ingrained in us, unfortunately. And I think a lot of times it can be life-saving. So true, true, don't true. beat yourself up about doing yeah. something like that because it, you're you were you're here to write this in. So mm-hmm. you obviously did everything right. Mm-hmm. Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Well, this next one is from Evren, and it is called "Secret Government Testing in My Neighborhood." And a content warning, there's some brief references to gun violence and violence against children in this one. Hi, Sinisterhood gals, pals, and pets. I just listened to your latest Freaky Friday where a listener described their possibly UFO, possibly clandestine government testing experience and was reminded of an event from my own childhood. When I was a kid, I lived for over a decade out in the suburbs with my dad. And I'm sure you ladies know that when you say suburbs in the Southwest, it often means a sprawling but cozy development way out in the middle of the desert. Every drive from home and back, we would pass the massive airplane boneyard of 1987's Can't Buy Me Love fame, which was also attached to a large and well-known Air Force base. One night near the end of the school year, when I was 12 and only a couple weeks away from turning 13, I awoke in the middle of the night to the entire house shaking violently. It was so loud, I could hear every single object around me making noise, including my bed hitting the wall with every shake and my window making a sound like a piece of laminate paper being whipped back and forth. Even the air itself felt like it was vibrating. Of course, anyone's first thought in hearing this might be that it was an earthquake. But earthquakes, especially those big enough to be that intense, are extremely rare in the area. Furthermore, now that I live in the Pacific Northwest, I know what an earthquake feels like, and that wasn't it. It wasn't the ground that was moving and destabilizing everything around me. It was the air. It couldn't have been a freak weather pattern either. It was May in the desert, and the night sky was clear. It lasted for at least 10 seconds, maybe longer, seeing as I'd woken up in the middle of it. Once it had stopped, I went downstairs to see if anyone was awake and not seeing anyone, decided just to go back to sleep, wondering if I'd somehow imagined the whole thing. I asked my dad about it the next morning, and it turned out not only had he felt the whole thing, but he'd actually been outside talking to our equally bewildered neighbors when I'd come downstairs, hence why I hadn't seen him. I asked him if it was an earthquake, and he said he'd checked online and there hadn't been any recorded seismic activity. I've later gone back to double-check this, and it's true. There's no recorded seismic activity in the area around this time. Definitely not anything that could have been strong enough to shake the entire house. He said it might be some sort of government testing, which I'd already started considering at that point and wasn't surprised to hear from him since he's always been rather anti-big government. Even at that age, I was already feeling fairly disillusioned as well, The last two years had been a whirlwind of citywide trauma. In 2011, there was a Safeway mass shooting, which Gabby Giffords only narrowly survived. It was the first mass shooting I had ever really taken notice of. 
and the years that followed it ended up feeling like the beginning of one long nightmare. A year later, a six-year-old girl was kidnapped from her bedroom at night, and the entire city exploded into fear and paranoia, much of it ending up pointed at the parents, even though it would later turn out it really had just been some stranger who'd taken her. Amid all of this growing mistrust in authority and the world around me, the idea that they were testing something questionable over at the Air Force Base seemed more than plausible. Curious, I resolved to ask my friend who lived on base with her family, her dad was in the Air Force, if she'd seen or heard anything that night. She said there hadn't been any shaking, but in the middle of the night, all the sirens and alarms had started going off around the base, and someone dressed in uniform came to the door asking to speak to her dad. They stepped outside to talk, she wasn't able to hear much of what they were saying, but the official story she was given was that there'd been some sort of security breach. It's worth noting that in the years since, there's been other reports coming out of southern Arizona of mysterious violent shaking and even loud sonic booms, the latter of which is often blamed directly on the Air Force Base by the people who've experienced it. I've heard plenty about our government doing covert testing with sonic weapons, both in terms of using sound to disable and disorient people like with the LRAD and also trying to harness some sort of concussive force. During the incident, the only noise I could remember hearing was the sound of everything shaking. And as far as I know, nobody experienced any ill health effects. It's possible it even could have been some sort of aircraft flying by at extreme supersonic speeds, somehow creating enough acoustic force to violently shake everything within our neighborhood. Maybe I just didn't hear the boom because I wasn't awake for it. Thank you for all you ladies do and the care and entertainment you bring to this community you've created for all of us. Wishing you an easy time going into the holidays. It can be a hard time of year for everyone and can't wait to hear even more from you. Everin, they, them. Well, Everin also included some links and uh, to some news articles about it as well as a, a post on a message board and someone dubbed them the Tucson Booms which is a great name for it because the video of it that the the news article had, it's just this huge boom sound with this reverberation vibration. Is it the hum? Is it the sky trumpets? Tucson booms sounds like a local softball team or (laughs) a local improv train. Either one. It can go either way. It's both. It's the improv team. And then they also signed up for like league sports. Yeah. 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 They also do kickball. Like, league kickball so though serious. they're serious about it <laughs> but the tucson boobs i mean you're ever and you're not alone i mean you know that because you sent these links to us but if anybody listening is in tucson and has experienced these or if you work for the government we will preserve your anonymity you can tell us <laughs> what it is you we will cool shred that- any documents you send us. <laughs> yes we will immediately delete the email but it's cool that their friend was able to say hey my dad had you know there was something on base going on that mm. It's, it's like, we didn't make this up. We all heard it. Security breach. Sounds like a very vague description. It could, a lot of things could be under security breach. Something breached, something got in or something got out. Mm-hmm. Something flew over the airspace, perhaps. Whatever it was, living that close to a place that can make these noises on a regular basis, I would be knocking on that government steel door (laughs) in the middle like 
how dare you yeah, excuse fly me. this over our house in the middle of the night? We're all trying to sleep. It's like people live out here. Right. But that is, it's, I mean, you think about like, what, man, I would never want to live by a government testing facility or this. But a lot of times the people are there first. Oh, and the yeah. government comes in and puts this stuff. Or a, a buddy of mine in college, her dad worked at a facility like this. And so, you, I mean, you have to live in proximity mm-hmm. to where they work, you know, whether that in my family lives in Oak Ridge in Tennessee and they had a nuclear facility. So, it's it's so eerie though that you're just dead asleep and then and it's not coming from below. No, the the whole house shaking that is a that's a feeling that I don't want to experience. It it sounds as if something large was was flying over, something yes. creating a, a a lot of uh, like acoustic disturbance. Yeah, in either the flying over or hovering, and in order to, if it's, I would hope that if it was weapons testing, it would not do it on unsuspecting citizens just vibing. But I don't put a lot of stuff past our government, so maybe no. they were, or uh, it got we, out of hand. I don't, I don't know. Right? Uh, we're like, you're not supposed to take it for a spin. It's like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's like it's in the news, man. People heard. <laughs> like, oh it's man, it's a really big deal. Everyone, it's people live around loud. here. Yeah, it's fucking loud, and people live around here. Well, Evan, uh, let us know if you hear any more of those booms, and anybody else listening, if you've heard the Tucson boom. <laughs> If you've seen the Tucson boom at the improv, let us know uh, what one word suggestion you shouted out for their show. If you're the team that played against them and they beat you, you can write us in as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this next one is from Savannah and the subject line is parent on parent prank in Disneyland. In your best Shania Twain impression, let's go girls. You asked for parent prank stories, so I am delivering. A little background. My younger brother, Ryan, has autism and is nonverbal with a limited vocabulary and has high needs. He's unable to live independently on his own or live a life society would deem as, quote, typical. Despite that, he is so very smart and has his own sense of humor. My brother has participated in at-home ABA therapy since he was three, basically as long as I can remember, for over a decade. ABA is Applied Behavioral Analysis Therapy, based on the science of learning and behaving. It can help increase a person's language, communication skills, improve attention, focus, social skills, memory, and decrease behavioral problems. While there is no controversy with the idea of ABA therapy, it was monumental for my brother and family. Since the therapy and tutoring sessions were conducted at home about six days a week, we always had people over at our house. Oftentimes, the people who worked with my brother became more like family than anything. Okay, now story time. When I was six and Ryan was five, my family was going on a family trip to Disneyland. It wasn't often that we went on full family trips, with my dad being a pilot, leaving my mom to be a part-time single mom, and my brother's needs. It would often be more challenging than average to plan family vacations. On this trip, one of Ryan's best ABA tutors, Kush, was going to come with my family on the trip. This way, we would have an extra set of eyes and three adults to rotate between Ryan and Savannah shifts and give the third a break if needed. Ryan loved Cush and always got along and respected his authority. They were like two peas in a pod. He was truly like a big brother to both of us, being about 18 at the time. One of the rides we wanted to go on all together was Big Thunder Mountain. You know, the train roller coaster riding around the mountain at a high speed where the only thing keeping you in your bench seat is a pull-down bar. That one. 
While we were waiting in our special entrance, thanks to the front of the line disability passes, my mom was growing concerned that my brother would be flown out of the cart after the cart whipped around a fast corner. Mind you, my brother has always been much bigger than me in all aspects, and my mother had zero concern for the actual tiny child here who was tall enough to ride the ride, but I digress. We load into our train car. Cush is in the front row, my mother and I in the second row, and my dad and Ryan in the third row of the car. We were off. The speed felt like the speed of light for my six-year-old self. Then we took such a sharp turn so fast that the inertia slid us all into our seats to the side. Without missing a beat, my dad yells from the back row, <gasps> Ryan fell out! My mother screamed as she snapped her whole body back to see my brother sitting there giggling and my dad with his shit-disturber grin on his face. My mother reached back and started slapping my dad, yelling, You stupid son of a bitch! She then turned back in her seat to resume her enjoyment of the rest of the ride to find Cush sitting in the front row, holding up his digital camera, filming the whole ride selfie style. We all laughed for the rest of the quick ride. After we got off, my mother punished my dad by putting him on Ryan duty for the next few hours. It was only a punishment because we all quickly learned that my brother's favorite ride was the visually stimulating and musically intoxicating Small World. Ryan loved it so much, he learned fast how to get to the ride line. Blessed with the front of the line disability pass, my brother was able to ride that ride nonstop. It even got to the point where the ride ushers no longer required my dad and him to deboard the ride just to get back in it. They would just wave them on for the next round. My dad and brother would end up riding Small World for over an hour before my dad finally said that was enough. It's still one of the funniest and favorite memories that's burned into my brain. I think about it often. Unfortunately, Cush passed away a little over five years ago before it was his time to go. But it's memories like these that keep him close to my heart. I will leave you with this. Cush was the person who was able to teach my brother how to say I love you and how to answer the question, who do you love with mom? It was because of Kush that my mom got to hear her son tell her that he loves her. Sorry I don't have a video of the ride. Even if you don't read it on air, I hope you found my chaotic family fun. Keep it creepy, Savannah. Oh, Savannah, <laughs> Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is one of my faves. That is one of the rides that I remember going on over and over my very first time mm. to Disney World. Also with my dad. I love that your family found this funny. I think it's great when families have this type of sense of humor. If Tommy pulled this, <laughs> we'd be getting divorce papers served at the magical Diamond kingdom. Fell out. The, 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 the happiest place on earth would quickly turn to not the happiest place. On That's earth. where our family split apart. Was on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. That is such a. I mean, that honestly, this seems like something my dad would do. He liked to do like short. It, you know, it wasn't like, "Hey, Heather, go hide. I'm going to tell your mom you're kidnapped." But like a short when we were at the fair, you know, pretending like he got electrocuted by something, but for like two seconds, and then immediately be like, "I'm just kidding." Mm -hmm. So just being like, "He fell out." I'm just kidding. But if it's your kid, that's not really the same it's like <laughs> oh i might have gotten shocked by this that's but uh savannah's like taking it further <laughs> she took it in stride so good yes. for you mom because uh, i that is a those bars only do so much you know i will say i was on the um tower of terror at disney world in orlando as a kid and I distinctly remember, I think they've added seatbelts, but I distinctly remember being about third grade and 
flying. I mean, I could feel the bar on my knees, which Mm -hmm. meant I flew up so far out of the bar that it was like touching my knees rather than my hips. And my dad turned horrified and yanking me down. Like, oh my God. Weren't we recently speaking with someone about the regulations of theme parks? Spoiler alert. Let's go to court. That's what it was. Yes. And, um, while Disney World and stuff have more regulations, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say, don't go on carnival rides, especially <laughs> if they're, you know, the ones that are just set up in a parking yeah. lot somewhere. It's fun. Is that whirl a twirl? Might look. World. When you get whirled across the interstate, it's not yeah. going to be fun anymore. And <laughs> there's not a lot of regulations for who's putting those things together and a lot of oh. checks and balances. No, the whirl of twirl will hurl you, and then you'll also hurl. Because the, I went on the state fair with my niece. The kids tilt to what is it? Tilt to whirl. And I it think was whirl of twirl is something I just it's made, made up. up. I, I like it. Tilt to whirl uh, is the one I was looking for. <laughs> but it was. I went on the even the kids one, and it was uh, very squeaky, too squeaky for my preference. But also just. My body was not meant to be mm-hmm. done that way. And, of course, my niece is sick. She had a hoot. She was having a great time. And my sister was like, hey, Aunt Heather, you loving it? I was like, yeah, this is aunt duty is to get throw your back out. <laughs> but those, uh, those, the, the thing about a carnival ride, like you're saying, though, you don't have to say, oh, my gosh, Ryan fell out because you might actually <laughs> – you never know. But I do love know. Savannah, uh, your parents uh, choosing. It's like your punishment. It's not that you have to hang out with Ryan. It's that you have to ride Small World 57 times in a row. Man, that song. I bet your dad <laughs> still has flashbacks when that, that it's a small world. It is a great ride. Oh, yeah. Maybe once, twice. It's chill. But, but an hour's worth, that's a lot. That's, that's uh, a lot. yeah, and that's a lot unless you you're the one that's wanting to ride. Oh it for yeah, an hour. Ryan in which case it's a, a dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's his dream come true. But yeah, oh man, what a good time. Well, thank you, Savannah. Uh, we love your chaotic family fun. Oh, for sure. I love hearing stories like this, and what a great memory and way to honor Kush too. People that can do therapy like that and really connect with children and and help them. That is a special gift. And I'm so glad that he got to be a part of your family and y'all got to be a part of his while he was here. It's one of those every time Ryan says, I love you, you know, you know why. And that's always going to be part of it. Oh man, what a beautiful gift to give uh, any mom. That's, that's incredible. Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Well, this next one's from Emma and the subject line is, did y'all say hello? Hello to my two favorite Texan ladies. You both brighten my day and give me the creeps regularly, and I love you for that. Here's the thing. I love your Freaky Friday episodes and was listening to the latest one, episode 86 at this time. I was cleaning my house alone with no other noise or distraction in the background. Just the two lovely voices of my besties, Christy and Heather. I live in a very quiet neighborhood. I had my windows closed, doors closed, and it was just me and my two fur babies at home. Leo, my orange tabby, and Jasper, my little black chihuahua mix who I refer to as my familiar since we're so connected in every way. I think he was my son in a previous life. Anyway, I was wiping down the counters and listening to you tell the story of Heather's grandpa having top secret military clearance when I heard the most distinctive woman's voice come from the hallway say, Hello? I paused, thinking it was maybe you two, but I rewound a few seconds back to the listener tale 
and I didn't hear it again. This sounded like she was feet from me and was so clear I looked around the house to make sure I was alone. My husband works midday, so I'm alone from 12 to 10.30 p.m. I get a lot of cleaning and podcasts in during this time. I looked down the hall and answered, hello? Nothing. I've always had unexplained auditory experiences, and I'm curious if anyone else in the Sinisterhood coven does as well. I hear my name being called constantly by my sister or mother, but neither live with me. In fact, we live two and a half hours away from each other. This has happened for as long as I can remember. It happens anywhere I go, and I try to debunk it every time because the older I get, the more skeptical I become. It's really no fun. Most often, I hear my mom call for me in her aggressive whisper, Emmy, my nickname. Do you think there's people trying to connect with me on the other side? My family thinks so. The voice I heard today that called out, hello, didn't sound like my sister or mom, so I lit some incense, it's all I have now, and opened a window and kindly asked any spirit or energy to leave. Dead, alive, or somewhere in between, I like to think kindness will get you what you asked for. Maybe I missed it when I rewound the episode, but did either of you say hello into the mic at any point? Or someone around you? I feel like I may be losing my marbles, or maybe it's just the voices in my head again, as I lovingly call the voices that call my name. I have a few other stories I can send in as well, like the redheaded ghost my sister and I saw and spoke with on a family trip to Lake Roosevelt, or the time I saw a man in a three-piece suit while camping at Westport while walking to the bathroom alone, or my baby brother seeing a black shadow child glitching in the curtain when he woke up one morning. Let me know if any of these are of interest to you. I hope you know how special you two are to the listeners of the show. You keep me company as a stay-at-home dog mom after I lost my job in an unforeseen merger at a hospital I work for. I was a social worker in inpatient rehab, and it was the best job I've ever had. Thanks for the time, love, and effort you put into the show. If you ever want a guest who loves creepy shit like you do, you know where to email me. I'm starting a podcast of my own, so check out Morbid State of Mind if you ever get the chance in your busy schedule. So much love from your sinister sister in Washington, Emma. Well, Emma... I I hate to break it to you, but neither of us said hello during this, and we record by ourselves independently in our own studios, so no physical person was in the room with either of us to say it. If there was someone else that said it <laughs> around us and we didn't hear it and it got picked up, perhaps, but it was not God. one of us. Can you imagine if Tommy was editing and he just DM'd us and was like, hey, sorry, someone was like, hello, into the microphone. Which one of you was that? And we're like, well, neither. And there's footage. There's video footage. Because every episode, right? I mean, y'all don't see us because maybe someday you'll see us. But for now, the video footage we have is just for us personally. We can go back and look. And if we saw that there was nobody in the room and he just was like, I don't know, it's just a voice on there. I'll lose uh, it. I'll lose it. I'll lose it. Yeah. That's when I, we um, just put up a, a sinisterhood. We'll be right back uh, <laughs> image on socials <laughs> indefinitely. Yeah. <laughs> we need to take a elongated break. Well, my, uh, my reading this yesterday, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to, you know, prepare for the show, read the stories in advance, getting ready to read Emma's story. I don't know if it was in my mind or what, but I was, it was late at night last night. And by late at night, I mean about like 1.15, 2 in the morning when I was going to sleep after working. And I was on Reddit. And this happened to somebody on Reddit. It wasn't mm. exactly the hello while the podcast, but they said that they were in their bedroom and home alone. And they heard their mom say their name from the living room. 
But then when they came around, the, like the house was empty. And they said, then people in the thing were like, oh my gosh, this happens, this happens. There were two trains of thought. Because it's Reddit, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> was one of them, a demon has entered your home, get out now. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, that Reddit's she won great for that. <laughs> the grand prize. The second one was an interesting thought that, and I am, I won't say inclined to believe it, but this is more in, in line, I think, of what might be happening. There have been times and I recently, I was at shopping at the Winco, which is my new favorite grocery store, had my headphones in, just listening to Bo Burnham on full blast. And I was thinking about you, Christy, specifically. I don't remember what it was, but I was not thinking about you. I was shopping or whatever. And you popped in my head and I thought, Christy, huh? And I thought about you. And then I kept shopping. And I swear it was like, beat, 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 zzz, my phone buzzed. And you text me and you're like, oh, me and Ella are sitting here. And you text me a picture of her drawing. And it... It's just weird. And there have been times where I've just thought, oh, my mom. And then two minutes later, my mom calls mm -hmm. me or texts me or something. So I wonder if when you're hearing, Emma, when you're hearing your mom's voice, she's talking about you or thinking about you off somewhere. And it's just some, um, because especially, I mean, I think you and I are, we're all constantly together or talking or always on the same wavelength, but especially with a mom child relationship. You know, or you're sister. made out of the same shit. Yeah, yeah you're made out of yeah. the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. got to be some. If twins have it on a super duper level, mm -hmm. I think relatives might have it on like a lighter level. I can't prove that, but it stands to reason. <laughs> it happens to me. I'll think that my phone buzzed, and then I'll look at it and it hadn't, and then a few seconds later it will, and it mm -hmm. will be like my mom calling. And Tommy will even said, "You probably like." felt it was about to happen, you know, mm -hmm. like almost anticipated it. There's also, there's things up all around us all the time. We can't see, we don't know mm -hmm. what's going on. And there's all sorts of uh, colors and sound waves and all sorts of things that I don't, I'm not even smart enough to know what's around me that I can't see, yeah. but it could be that, you know, somebody's talking about you. Somebody needs to talk to you. You know, I communicating from the other side seems less likely to me because it's a voice you already know. Mm -hmm. If it was yeah. a voice you didn't recognize, then I think, okay, but since it's voices, you know, it seems more like, yeah, like an energy thing. Or um, if it's happening to all sorts of people everywhere, my the logical part of my brain is like maybe it's some kind of auditory thing where yeah. you know you just are you like we what is it when you feel like your phone buzzes because you're always used to it being in your pocket and then it's like you get a phantom buzz because yeah but it's not really there you're just kind of used to it whatever that is but with your ears is what i'm getting at yeah that i mean that's a good point it it if it was a different demonic voice, I'd be worried. The people on Reddit were like, demons can mimic a like a person you know's voice, which is, I mean, whether you believe in demons or not, here's the thing. If I'm in my bedroom and somebody is yelling at me from the living room, I'm going to check the cameras. And if there ain't nothing there, that doesn't sound like my problem, does it? <laughs> <laughs> you open a window and you light some incense and you say, 
Bye-bye. <laughs> like that. And hey, Emma, I would agree. And so would our, our resident paranormal experts, the Ghost Guild, taught us that too. Regardless, dead or alive, a soul is a soul. And kindness is always the best idea. So mm-hmm. if you hear them hollering from the kitchen, be like, hey, I can't come out there right now. But if you don't mind, just, just skedaddle in. I'd like to go back to bed. <laughs> Help yourself to whatever's in the fridge. Oh, and uh, yeah, shut the door on the way out, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, if anybody listening has had similar auditory uh, experiences like this, somebody calling your name or saying hello, or if you're like Heather and Christy are full of shit, they absolutely said hello last week. I know it. I heard it myself. <laughs> Help us not gaslight Emma. So call us. Yeah. Call us. I'm always like, give us a call. Give send us, us a call. 1-800-SINISTER. Now, I will say that when my dad passed away, my mom kept hearing at night and it would wake her up often the sound of a doorbell ringing. And it happened like multiple nights in a row. And she finally Googled it and something said, when you hear a doorbell, it's someone from the other side trying to communicate with you. And so when you hear it, just say like, hello, or, you know, their name. And so it happened again. And she said my my dad's name and she said she heard him say like i'm okay tell the kids i'm that everything's okay and and then it didn't happen anymore wow so maybe next i mean you are obviously replying back to them but Mm -hmm. instead of just um a hello maybe a question of Mm -hmm. um who is this or what what can i help you with i don't know i'm also if that's inviting something into your home, yes. I don't, I'm not a qualified person to speak on that. So maybe ask Reddit. Yeah. There's a your, whole, your mileage there's a whole subreddit called ask Here's, Reddit. And go you know that. what? You can't ask Reddit, but why ask Reddit when you can ask Susan Taylor and Morgan from creeps right. and crimes introduced us to her, the, their medium, Susan, if you, they love her, she's been awesome to us. So, and awesome to our listeners who have called her. So, uh, you can, that's just a good, good, uh, just call an expert. Susan probably knows. Just, yeah, just absolutely. Ask, ask Susan. We can oh, post man. her information in the show notes. Yes. Thank you. Well, thanks, Emma. And uh, like I said, I hope you're not alone out there and someone else will write in with something they've heard too. Mm-hmm. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. Well, our guest today is Jonathan Perez, best known for the viral TikTok account Latinos Against Spooky Shit. Heather, you were you first discovered him and then you sent him to me and I was like, this is so funny. And then you reached out on TikTok and the rest was history. The rest is history. If you haven't seen his videos, people will tag Jonathan in scary videos. He will do a react to them and then give some very funny off-the-cuff advice. You'll hear all about it in this interview. But he uh, just is so generous with his time and with his stories with us. And his videos are hilarious. They've racked up millions of views, millions of likes, millions of followers across Instagram and TikTok. He's also a streamer. He does some D&D streams as well. We'll talk about that. Uh, But he tells a Freaky Friday story of his own. And we talk a little bit about... uh, uh, our, you know, our history and in, uh, in, in our experience with creepy stuff and how we all uh, got into it. So please enjoy Latinos Against Spooky Shit. And remember, if you heard it, no, you didn't. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our Freaky Fridays guest interviews. And we are so excited this week to have one of our absolute favorite TikTokers. You know him. You love him. We have Jonathan, representative of Latinos Against Spooky Shit. Hola, buenas tardes. Or I guess hola, buenos dias. It's yeah. morning still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite things to hear in my TikTok feed is hola, buenas tardes. I love it. It's, it's comforting. It's soothing. But also, you know, you're about to get some fun, spooky reactions. And yes. That's right. <laughs> some, <laughs> some creepy shit is about to go down. Full. For those of you listening who are not on TikTok or Instagram, not aware, uh, Latinos Against Spooky Shit is a viral uh, TikTok account where it starts with something scary, and then we have Jonathan reacting in the corner, and then popping in to give us a wonderful mix of real and <laughs> <laughs> just sort of um, cultural advice that comes from your own personal background and experience. Yeah, it's it's a little satirical, but I think everything, um, satire or otherwise, always comes from a stem or stems from a place of truth in some way, yeah, shape, or form. Yeah. So I do definitely draw on a lot of my my roots. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like comedy, the paranormal, cultural commentary. It's a little bit of everything. It's a very weird Venn diagram, but it works. <laughs> How did you get started with all of it? A total accident. Um, <laughs> I, what was it, like two or three years ago now at this point in time, I posted a video of um, uh, my voice in Spanish and English. And I didn't, I never realized the difference. Like, this is my voice in English, deep, you know, baritone. But in Espanol, it's un poquito más alto. It's a little bit mm. higher. And I never noticed it. And so it was a reactionary video to that. Uh, 10,000 views over, or 10,000 followers overnight. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I'm a voice guy. Tried doing voice stuff, didn't land. And then I posted an egg video where I flipped an egg in a pan. That went viral, like 6 million views. I'm like, fuck, am I an egg guy? Is that what I'm going to do now? Guy. Shit. Um, but thankfully, that that went away really quickly. Um, but Nate Petrosky, I, I believe is his name, um, saw one of his videos. And he lives out in the woods and he lives off the grid. Super nice guy, super sweet. But he's like, uh, I heard a strange noise outside and I went to investigate. And immediately... All the red flags, like everything that I've been taught in my life just, just went off. And I, I decided to react to it. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was representative Latinos against spooky shit. I don't know why. It just sounded good. Uh, and the rest is kind of history, as they say. Oh, that video is awesome. You just reposted it. Thank you for doing that. Because you said, now y'all don't have to scroll all the way back to my <laughs> feed. Because I realized it's been, <laughs> like, I think I have 150 plus videos at this point in time now, um, which is insane to me Well, when I think about it. Uh, that's like three years worth, once a week at least. Um, but yeah, I, I reposted it. And it's interesting to see where I was to where I am now. Right. Definitely. How it yeah. I love that it just spontaneously came out of your mouth too, because those are the, we both have improv backgrounds and the off the cuff, like mm -hmm. jokes are usually the ones that are the funniest because you weren't thinking about it. It was just natural and relatable. Yeah. And that's, that's the majority of my content actually. So a lot of people I've, I've done a few other shows and people are like, what's your writing process like? And I'm like, my what? Like, <laughs> excuse me. I watch a video twice. I think it's funny. And then I just start recording whatever comes out of my mouth. That's nice. the first take you guys get. I love oh. it. Oh yeah. So it's unedited and pretty unfiltered too. So very unfiltered. Yeah. I, 
and I think I think it's just my own ego. I don't like retelling the same jokes. Yeah. Right. So if I have to write it down, I'm like, oh, that feels gross. Like, right? It yeah. doesn't feel as natural. Yeah. yeah. Little but full respect for like writers and people who do that. Like, it, it is an art form, and I mm-hmm. could not compete. Like, yeah, right. It's hard. We struggle with that. Our touring show is like scripted, but we do love to improvise so much mm-hmm. that we just have to give ourselves space in the touring show to be like, so we're not exhausted. We have these jokes that are written, but we right. we have to just. It's just natural, right? Is yeah. that kind of your comedy preference? What's some early comedy that you remember like growing up with that kind of inspires your style? I, the funniest person in my life is my mom. Yeah. I love my mom so much. And I got my humor for, I got my sarcasm from my dad, but my, my, my timing and my comedic effect is all my mom. My mom is very slapstick. She's very <laughs> um, pun. And so I, I got a lot of that from her. And then as far as growing up, I mean, I grew up, which is going to sound weird, Richard Pryor, yeah. uh, you know, um, I grew up with uh, Eddie Murphy. I grew yeah. up uh, watching, of course, uh, uh, George Lopez, mm-hmm. you know, so many of these different people and different styles. And the one thing that I grew up with the most out of anything, though, that that I think uh, inspired improv, whose line is it anyway? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. whose line was elite to me. And I was like, God, these people just coming up with that off the cuff was was great. <laughs> uh, and growing up in school, like I, I was the class clown. I was the funny guy. And so, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's a skill set that I've honed over 30 years. <laughs> you were born for this is what you're saying. I like to think so. Yeah, for sure. You found that niche, absolutely. And so when you posted that first video, now you've seen you have over a million followers across TikTok and Instagram and, you know, all these millions of views and you get tons of comments on everything. How has kind of the reaction been? Because I noticed you you even made a video recently a couple weeks ago about responding to a comment of because your your stuff is in Spanish and English, which Mm -hmm. I think we're both very comfortable with because we live in Texas and it's a Dallas, you know. Yeah, it's very yeah. normal. Everything's no. bilingual. Everything's we know the different words for everything because it's ha- on top is in English, bottom mm-hmm. is Spanish, or depending on what neighborhood you're in, it's right. flipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so which is fair. But see, you know, so it did didn't dawn on me like, oh, this isn't correct. I was like, oh, how pleasant. This is how I'm normal. Right. You know, I'm used to hearing people talk. But I noticed in the comments after you posted that video, so many people, not just from the Latino community, but from various other cultures, going, mm-hmm. this is actually how I think and speak. This is how mm-hmm. my brain works. It's so pleasant to hear you speak like. That I feel like I'm, and you say in your video, you belong. How important has it been for you to see kind of that reaction, and then reminding other folks like you belong? the The whole principle of my TikTok um, at first it was I want to be funny and I want an outlet, and then it quickly evolved to okay, I I now have a platform. What can I do with it? Um, that means more than just me, and that was the first thing that I really had to sit and think about. And for me, it was connecting to our roots. And I think that's such an important thing that a lot of us, um, whether you're Latino, uh, Latine, Latinx, whatever you want to identify as, or whether some people who don't have that heritage grew up in that type of neighborhood, mm-hmm. that's still important as well. Like folks who grew up in, in you know, Texas. Yeah, sure. You might come from a, a predominantly Anglo-Saxon background, but you grew up in that culture one mm-hmm. way or another. And I think it's important to us uh, to, to really recognize that. 
And so, so many times I grew up with kids who like, unfortunately didn't know Spanish because their parents didn't teach them and watching them be treated as lesser than by even their own family because of that, when it was outside Mm. of their control, even though they look as Hispanic, as Mexican, as Latino, as anybody else, I was like, no, that's, that's not right. You can't just try to hide somebody's identity and cultural background because they don't speak the language. Um, so I think that video really stemmed from that. Because me, myself, uh, born in Mexico, but I left when I was like four years old. Mm-hmm. So I live in this very interesting limbo of, like I like I said in that video, too Mexican for Americans, but I'm too American for most Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to find that that fine line has always been interesting. And having to become comfortable with myself and knowing, so I was gay, I am Mexican. I'm not Mexican-American because I didn't, I wasn't born in America. I am Mexican. And there's mm-hmm. no way around that. And and I'm sorry to anybody that's upset by it, but like, you know, it is what it is. And so letting other people know that, hey, you're not struggling with this by yourself. It is something that I believe the majority of us have gone through. Um, and just at least knowing that they're seen is important. Oh, I love that. And I love hearing that once you discovered you had a platform, your first thought was, how can I make this for everybody and not just me like how can i do it for good because heather and i have really over the years as our platform has grown have thought the same thing like what i mean there's a million true crime podcasts like what sets us apart and it's you know we always want to have a call to action at the end if we can but true yeah that's what we like to do is having figuring out like what can we do like you said where it's not just like it's the heather and christy show and it's all about our ego it's Mm -hmm. more like thank you for coming we we do have egos we that's why we're performers right (laughs) any of us are performers we're like slut for attention okay (laughs) we're like watch me watch me and then when people are watching you there is a responsibility to go okay well i have your attention i need your help with something and it and for you i I like that concept of i think of someone in your comments of like i'm more like like you said, you're yeah. not enough. Uh, you're not Mexican enough for your Mexican community. You're not American enough. But it's like not that. That's not true. You are more than just or mm. just. You are so much more. Yeah. And I love that comment. That and it's not just you react interacting with your fans, but it's like a community. Because someone said, "Oh, I'm from India, and I speak Hindi." And someone's like, "Oh my gosh, my family." And and there's all these comment trees of people belonging. Yeah, it's it's that. it's multicultural because language, I mean, obviously, you know, depending on the region and the area you're from, but the experience of being made felt lesser because you don't have, you know, deep ties to your root mm-hmm. um, can be experienced across all the cultures. And so it was it was very refreshing and it was very um, heartwarming, I'll even say, to see mm-hmm. so many people, like you said, from from different backgrounds, creeds, ethnicities, and being like, oh shit, this this really connects with me. And thank you for that, you know. So um yeah. It's it's an interesting little soapbox to get on, but yeah. I'm I'm more than happy to do it. One of the things I think we're proudest of is the community that has sprung up around our show, yeah. and even without us, you know, mm-hmm. that exist without our help. But connections that have been made from listeners and we with our Freaky Friday stories. So many times we get messages that are like, "Oh, I just heard Jonathan's story, and it reminded me that I went through the same thing." And so people are connecting and they'll even like go on Reddit and try and connect with each other. And it's, it is very heartwarming to know that what started off as just something fun that we all like to do. We've been blessed enough to like have it evolve into something bigger than us that can help others. 
hundred percent. And community was the key word, I think, there. Because it's mm-hmm. it's so easy to be a one-hit wonder. And yeah. You, oh, it's like, oh, I made a funny video and people liked it. And then you fade into obscurity yeah. for the rest of forever. You but get that one viral hit and yeah. then it's done. You flip your egg like, and you're done. <laughs> imagine. God, God, what a big disappointment that would have been. Uh, but like, no, I've, I've, there's, there's people that like I follow. Um, or used to follow that I'm like, okay, they've got good, they've got one or two good videos. I'm excited to see what they do. And then they don't do anything else with it Mm -hmm. because they kind of just try to repeat that formula. And don't get me wrong, formulas work, but to an extent, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then it's sad to see that because it's like, God, I'm curious as to what else they could have done, how much bigger it could have gotten beyond just themselves. Um, and so it's weird to be here in this spot, right? where, like you said, like a million <laughs> followers across platforms. Yeah, that's incredible. It's wild to me. And, yeah. and I try to do uh, good by them, good by the community all the time. I well, think you do. Why, that's why we wanted you on the show for sure. Because it's like it, it was not just a funny viral video that you swiped past. It was no, you're bringing in the satire, you're bringing the culture. And then that comment section, I was like, oh, this is, I felt it was something special. Christy felt it was something special. And then to see like, oh, yes, all your viewers are here, not just because we all love spooky shit, which we were about to get to. We know. <laughs> So that's like the unifier amongst all of us as we know we love spooky shit but to see you being able to like have us it's latinos against spooky shit as para todos <laughs> like it's, yes absolutely right like hey, you all here, folks, all that's my next shirt hey there oh, you go nice <laughs> that's a good right? one it is <laughs> wow. well speaking of spooky shit yeah we hear you have a spooky story for us today I do. I have a couple different ones, so I really had to sit down and figure out which one I wanted to tell. Um, but I'm going to go with the first ever spooky experience that I had. Love it. Which takes us back to little little effect. Back to uh, <laughs> Seattle, circa 2002. Um, so I was about seven or eight years old at this point in time. And I don't remember who was driving. In, in as you guys know, Latino Mexican families, they're related to me some fucking how. I don't know. So <laughs> they're driving. My aunt's in the front with them and in the back seat. And we're in a truck, mind you. So in the back seat, it's me and this person's daughter. Um, and of course, we've got the the back bench lifted up and we're just playing on the on the floor because <laughs> you know, <laughs> circa two thousand. Um <laughs> And we're just we're just playing. And in Seattle, if you've never been, um, there's certain areas have got the railroad tracks. And so Bumper to bumper traffic, railroad tracks are coming up. Um, me and this girl are playing, and then all of a sudden we get to the railroad tracks and the 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 guardrails come down, signifying mm. that a train's coming. We're stuck on the tracks. Mm. We look down the, the the track, and sure enough, train barreling down our way. And what I can only assume would be moments before impact, me and this girl snap out of it and we're back about fifty feet away from the railroad tracks. So she and I are panicking. We're freaking out. We're screaming, and we're telling my my aunt and and you know her mom like, don't go on the railroad tracks. We're gonna get stuck. And they're like, what are you talking about? We're not even close to the railroad track. We're like, don't get on the railroad tracks. We're gonna get stuck. And we we make enough of a fuss because according to them, we went from just like giggling, laughing, and playing to just crying and bawling our eyes out. Oh, wow. so zero to one hundred really quick. Um, right before we get to the railroad tracks, they pull off, and sure enough. Guardrails come down. Nobody got stuck on the tracks. Rails come down. Train comes barreling through a couple minutes later or a couple seconds later, really. So apparently there had been a malfunction in the system because the railroad tracks are supposed to let you know like three miles ahead of time when a train's coming around the corner. This one failed to notify until it was like right 
at it. And mm. we don't know how we had this premonition. We don't know if wow. it was a premonition. It was very Final Destination-ish. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the first spooky experience that I can remember having. Um, Did you talk I, about it with the girl? Like y'all agreed and, and discussed we, we, it amongst yourselves? No, it was it was literally we both started panicking about the train. According mm. to my aunt and and her mom, like we were just giggling, playing. I, I can't remember if we had toys or whatever. And then all of a sudden, we both just started crying about the train. Like in unison, in, in unison. <laughs> yeah. there was no prior. Hey, did you see that? No, I mean we're eight. We're gonna, you know, right. it's all reactionary, and so we just both started screaming about the train, and that's that's the only reason they listened to us was because we both just zero to wow. one hundred so quickly that they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean seriously, because yeah. if you're we we, we cover uh, stuff recently, we've been covering stuff about UFOs and like the aerial mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. event where it's like sixty students who saw you know some sort so of wild, yeah, and that wild, mm-hmm. but like the point that that psychologist made was like kids like aren't that great of actors like if it's Mm -hmm. that like gut check like oh my god this thing just happened like they're just blurting out the truth they're not like calculated enough Mm -hmm. that young to be like well uh we think also y'all weren't gaining anything from you know it's not like oh turn us around back to the candy store the no no we were on our way to um a family gathering of some sort i believe if i can remember so like we wanted to go where we were going Mm -hmm. so it's not like we were you know making a fuss we were fine yeah, no, we we weren't good enough actors. Like if I was fourteen, fine. I'm a little shithead, sure. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, yeah. So that that was the first big uh, scary thing that I can remember happening. But it was so surreal because I mean, having grown up in Seattle, I've seen trains. You know, my mm-hmm, whole life there, mm-hmm. and envisioning a train coming at you, barreling at you at that age. It's one then, of my worst nightmares, honestly. Just yesterday, I, I was driving over. And they started to come down on me. Oh. And yeah, oh, no. I, I was like, this isn't supposed to happen. And they had just gone up. So my husband yeah. was in the car. He's like, they're not supposed to come down that fast. But the idea of you, yeah. not being able to get out of the way of something literally barreling towards you has always, the train tracks have always terrified me. I will say, here's what bugs yeah. me about that, though. Not in your circumstance specifically, but in general, when people are like, oh, I'm stuck on the train track. Get the fuck out of your car. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You got to get out. It's not worth it. I don't, Never. I don't understand. Like these people that are like, oh, they got stuck in their car. I'm like, was their seatbelt stuck? Like, no, they just yeah. tried to drive away and couldn't. I'm like, Some I feel kind like of this could have been fixed. I yeah, right. No car is worth it. <laughs> no. It's a choice. No, abandon your Toyota Corolla. It's not worth it. I mean, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're truly stuck, I feel you. But yeah, yeah. always choose life over property anytime if you For can. Sure. But that uh, did your family, but like, I mean, clearly they stopped the car, but in the retelling of it, were they like believing or were they kind of like, oh, you know, Jonathan, he's, you know, ha ha. No, was it was like, one, no, they saw something. Yeah. It was one of those things where they're like, how did you guys know? And it was like, I don't know how the fuck we know. Like, we're like, we're like, we don't know. We just like, we saw it. And like, what do you mean you saw it? We're like eight articulation. Yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. Like, We saw it. And they're like, I, we have no idea. And of course, having grown up religious, which of course, nothing wrong with those that have their own faith. Everybody's like, oh, it was, it was, you know, a premonition of God or it was, you know, angelic. And I was like, I don't know, dude. All I know was there was a train. I almost shit myself and we're fine. <laughs> and I, I saved my family's life. Yeah. I don't know the details. All I know is we're here. And we're here and we're back. Did has your- that ever happened again? That type of premonition has never happened again. Um, other spooky things have happened, which if you guys want to know more, I'm always happy oh, to share. Oh, please. Yeah. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. I've had I've had weird little instances, but the the other one, and this one's this one's hard to describe because it has to do with geographical location. Bear with me. <laughs> Montana. 
ugh, Montana. <laughs> um, going to a friend's house. Now, to get to this friend's house, I had to drive around a lake, right? So it's about 45 minutes to an hour almost to get over to them. So drive around the lake, get to their house, hang out, blah, blah, blah. It's late at night, so I'm leaving. As you leave their house and get to the end of the street, I can either take a left to go around west of the lake, or I can take a right to go around the east. Only two options. But in this instance, I noticed that it's a four-way intersection, and I'm like, oh, this cuts down the middle. I wonder if they they have like a like a new little you know subdivision or something that I can go through and, and save myself some time. So I'm like, I, I can probably take it. I'm going to go forward for a little bit because it doesn't say no outlet or anything. So drive forward. I'm going and I'm driving and I'm 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, God, I haven't seen a, a single house or anything on this entire road. This is weird. 25, 30 minutes. And I'm like, I should have hit highway by now, or I should have hit a turn off at this point in time. I was like, this is all river or this is all lake. Like I'm, I should be in the middle of a lake. This is weird. So I'm driving North at this point. I keep driving. Um, mind you, I don't have my cell phone because it's dead because I was at a fucking house all night. So I'm driving. <laughs> and then finally I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to find a turnoff. In Montana, there's a lot of state parks and every state park is named, mm. you know, deer state park, whatever bullshit state park. I pull up and there's a turnoff and it just says state park, like the most generic green state park sign. Mm-hmm. But I pull up in there, it drives up a little bit. Um, park, you know, at state parks, they've got the, the little, um, uh, uh, what do you call them? Bulletin boards. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got one of those, absolutely nothing on it, which is unsettling. If yeah. you've been to state parks before and you're like, these have shit all over them all what the time. What you're describing is a version of Silent Hill that hasn't yeah. yet been made. This is beta Silent Hill. Yes. Yeah. It's outdoor. <laughs> and so I park, I get out. And there's, there's, um, I'm, I'm up a few feet. So like there's an outlook, uh, an overlook. So I, I go to look and where I live, um, I lived in, in, um, Kalispell at the time. So if I look North, you can see big mountain, biggest fucking mountain there. You can't miss it. Properly named. Can, properly named. And you can see the lights on it for the ski resort. No mountain. I see mm. nothing. Hmm. Huh. And I'm, I'm at this point in time, I don't know if you've ever felt like you're being watched, mm-hmm. but that feeling hit me mm-hmm. and that, that drop in my gut. And I'm like, okay, don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I get back in my car, I drive back down and then I have two choices. I can go left, keep going north and hope that I hit the road at some point, or I'm just going to double back. I lost 30 minutes of my life and I can hit mm. the road so that I could. So I turn right. I'm like, I'm going back. I'm going to go back the way I went. I don't have my phone on me. This is a horrible idea. If I get lost, I'm screwed. I haven't mm-hmm. seen a house. No. Five minutes it takes me to get back to the to the intersection. Oh. Like a time and, warp. And then I'm like, okay, left or right, it's about the same distance no matter which way I go. So I'm just going to choose one. Choose left. Get back home. No problem. A couple weeks later, go back to my buddy's house. I'm not thinking about it until I get to his house. And I'm like, oh, hey, dude, by the way, quick question for you. He's like, yeah, what's up? I was like. Like, do they build a new like intersection or like, you know, are they building new houses down that way? He's like, what are you talking about? It's like at the bottom of the hill when you get, you know, out of your house, the street, he's like, that's still only a, a two way. I was like, what, you, what? So later that night, as I'm leaving, I drive back down there and sure enough, left or right, 
I don't have any any option to go forward. So <gasps> you drove I, on a st- road that disappeared. A realm in another realm. No, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to to this day. I don't understand what happened, how it happened, or how to explain it. None of my friends ever saw the road or experienced the road. I don't know how to explain. And it's, it's so at that point in Montana, I'd, I'd been living there for like ten years. So you get to know geographically the place very well. Like I said, Big Mountain is always north. Like if mm-hmm. I've ever turned around, I know I can look north. There's that big bitch right over there. <laughs> but being on a road, not being able to see anything because it's all wooded, and then getting to an overlook and then seeing no mountain range around you when you've been surrounded by nothing but over the last decade Mm-mm. is extremely unsettling. You were in the um, Montana's back rooms is what it I sounds was, like. I, I don't know what <laughs> fucking room I slipped into or or what Dr. Strange bullshit happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember I remember being like, you know what? Out of sight, out of mind. Not my problem. <laughs> what do you say? If you heard it, no, you didn't. If you heard yeah. it, no, you didn't. If you drove like, it, no, you didn't. Nope. You're like, uh, like you said, I will turn back around. It's gas. Yeah, I was, okay. At least I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those moments where like, again, uh, very few times in my life have I felt that that like uh, empty in the pit of my stomach. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those fight or flight moments that, that was so primal that I was like, I, I could not drive north if I wanted to. I could not even continue. It was just all flee. It was all flight. Wow. Yeah, you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, Your body this. was, your bro- our brain was like, Get the fuck out! He's not yeah, even something was here. Wrong. The state park. The state park was the first red flag. Because first of all, yeah. I hate state parks. I'm built for comfort, not for hiking. <laughs> also, there's a lot of missing four one one, and everything has uh, yeah. showed us just how scary state parks can be, and how many people go missing there yeah, for unexplained cool. reasons at the end yeah. of a weird road at night with yeah. no labels on anything, and it looks like it's the, been set up as a lure trap. To yeah, lure God, there was there was no like mile per hour signs. There was no there was nothing like the most bare bone road you could imagine Mm-mm. it was like yeah. the template for um something that was going to be built later yeah oh right. yeah almost yeah that's but creepy yeah that is very creepy hard pass oh. Hard pass, hard pass. Well, that's how I feel about a lot of the videos that you react to. Is like, like the even the very first one where he's like, just the wilderness, and you hear things. Oh, and you're like, I'm gonna get closer, and you're like, No, nah, I'm not. And yeah, I think that's why your videos are so relatable because we're all like, nope. in the South too, we're like, that's on you if you went out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't go in the woods. <laughs> no, don't go in the woods. And I, I feel like the South and the Appalachian uh, area as well. They're just very well versed in like. Don't fuck around. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Fuck around and find out. That's yeah. what we I'm like to say. <laughs> I'm not don't trying to whistle, find out. Don't look into the tree line. Yeah, just little things. Right? It feels like common sense. It, it, you should, but it's What not are you going to see in the tree line? You don't know, and that's yeah, the point? I don't point. fucking know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that's my problem. I'm not going to find out. I don't know. I don't look there. No, we <laughs> moved... <laughs> Lurking in the tree line, it's horrible. And if it's floating next to the tree line, also probably horrible. Yeah, yeah, nothing way, comes from looking it. at a tree line at night. Yeah, true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're going to see glowing eyes. Maybe it's the Flatwoods monster, a cryptid, a ghost, or somebody just living in a tree. And I'm not trying to rustle yeah. them late or at night. I'm like, a sorry. mountain lion, which, yes. what if, like, that's not any fucking better. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just, Arguably the worse. The yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> absolutely the worst thing have there been any videos that you got tagged in that you're like oh i'm afraid but also i can't explain this because some of them it might be you know a rocking chair and they push it before the thing starts or you know a weird doll or something but have there or a friend dressed up but have there ever been any that you're like oh that's fucked up and i can't explain it (laughs) there's been a handful of ones where 
it's way too long to shorten for context and repost. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one where it's like, oh shit, I have to watch like a four minute video to like get the <laughs> entire context of this. I cannot, I, cause I never want to steal other people's content. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like 30, 40 seconds max is what I'll show of their stuff. And then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll credit them. And if you want to watch the rest mm-hmm. of it, you can. But when it's that much uh, lore to build up to like a moment, yeah. I'm like, fuck, that's way too long. Yeah. And some of them are, genuinely terrifying and of course tiktok i love you thank you so much for paying my bills but fuck you because you'll only show me these videos at three in the morning when i'm trying to sleep like that's when they pop up the most and i'm like of course naturally i love that um the algorithm hates me so yeah some of those i'm just like i don't even know what to do with this i i and i'll watch them a couple times too and i'm like i i i know what i want to say about it but at the same time, I'm like, this is so fucking horrifying that I don't know how to <laughs> how to make it funny. Right. Like, like sometimes it's so people. bad, it's just not funny. Like, yeah, it's like too scary. Yeah, yeah. this one isn't going to be funny, guys. We yeah, need to, no. we need to come together because we really need to stop our shit. Yeah, we need to, we need to <laughs> yeah. act right. But You're like, I actually am against the spooky shit. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah, one of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna post like a series. Like, no jokes aside, y'all are fucking around. <laughs> you know, I'm here um, to intervene. I'm, I'm yeah, this is yeah, this is, please stop. So it's it's wild, and and you know, obviously pulling pulling the curtain back a little bit because I get called out in some of my videos, and it's a, it's annoying, but it's funny because a lot of people are like, "How could you even believe this is real?" And I'm like, "How can you believe that I believe this is real?" <laughs> like, yeah, sure. like some of them are so obviously fake. Yeah. But I'm gonna make fun of it because yeah. it's, it's. Imagine if it wasn't though, you yeah, know, some the of the shit of does it. happen. Yeah. So no, I was just gonna say I get pulled into a couple. Like one of them was, um, it was so cute. It was uh, I caught a ghost on camera, and the camera's slowly panning, and then it pans over to a Labrador with a white sheet on no. it, with his little snout out, and I was that's adorable. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love stuff like that. Well, I'm talking of imagination. I've noticed too. You kind of incorporate some D and D lingo type of thing <laughs> in some of your videos, where you're like, "Oh, you need to use this. The Fabuloso yeah. will help you with this. The Chunkla will help you with this. You know, different yeah. kind of powers. How fun has it have been for you to kind of integrate? Because you have a D and D stream as well that you do. I do. I've got a couple D and D or TTRPG uh, uh, games that I play, and actually tonight is another one. Shameless oh. self plug every Thursday. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, yeah, What's so the game I, that you play. It's it's a Call of Cthulhu based game. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's based in the HP Lovecraftian world. Yeah, very um, cool. Using a different system, but yeah, we we're playing some teenagers in a carnival that's haunted. Oh, for us, absolutely terrifying. That it, car, that's why where like Five Nights at Freddy's and all of that. I'm like, this Amusement. is I don't like. Yeah, carnival shit gets me. <laughs> never played Five Night, but my community has been like, you should. And I'm like, fuck, of course, yeah, you guys. Want I've me never to, played so. it, but I saw I've seen the trailer for the movie, and I'm like, what? I, of course, I'm going to see it because I love scary movies. But it looks genuinely terrifying. Well, animatronics right? are horrifying. Like yes. the, the Chuck E. Cheese doll with his bloodshot eyes. Yes, horrific. Absolutely they look like horrific. they're just going to come at you at any moment. I think. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> I think that's what they do. Absolutely. And we, uh, a horror story that we grew up with, um, uh, and I'm not sure if this was just local to my, like, the town that I lived in, in in Mexico or what, but part of the reason why I don't like, like, animatronics or dolls was uh, one of those stories that just gets told, but. Somebody in my family told us a story about why they don't like Smurfs, but long story (laughs) short, short, um, some family bought their daughter a Smurf doll 
And the daughter kept complaining, like, the Smurf doll's talking to me. They're like, whatever, kids being kids. And one day, daughter goes missing from, like, her room. And they're like, where is she? What's going on? Nobody broke in. And it started smelling bad. And they cut open the Smurf doll and found her inside. That's, well, oh, that's how, like, this is like a legend like of where doll. you're from? I do not know if this is one of those, like, folktale, like, like legend type things, or if this is, like, a true crime story that happened type thing. Whoa. I just remember that this is something that got perpetuated so right. much in my family. That became, like, a I, legend in your family? Or I, like, yeah. yeah. Like, and again, I haven't even bothered Googling it, so give me comments. Figure <laughs> Don't it out. Don't worry. I've already clocked it in my brain. And <laughs> you're going to look it up. off, I will be Googling yeah. that. Smurf <laughs> question? Mark? Yeah, you put that on your Google history. Um <laughs> Because Smurfs yeah. is so recent. That's like disturbing that it's recent. You know, well, I guess exactly. like from the 70s. Well, still, 70s, 80s. Like, recent yeah. enough for it to be an issue. Yes. Yeah. The, lo- so. the size is what I was picturing, like, you know, this big, but to no, baby. It, it, it was like, it was like a Smurf, like, like yeah, a three foot tall Smurf. Smurf so uh, child plushie. size Smurf. So it ate her, is what the myth Allegedly. Is. Yeah. 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 Smurf ate the child. But, like, my aunt could also Smurfs just not are- like Smurfs. So <laughs> that's like very much an ant thing to say. I'd be like, Auntie, why don't you like Smurfs? Be like, a Smurf ate that baby. And you're like, what? And you're like, a Smurf ate kids. And you're like, what are you saying? I'm seven. You should like, I said what I said. The Smurf ate the kid. Don't and play with I'm thinking it. about it, that sounds like a hate crime to hate the Smurfs for no good reason. Yeah, that sounds like, wrong. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, what the fuck did they do to you? Gosh, anyway. which one? Was it Papa? Yeah. Was I it? I can't remember. Uh, what was the girl's name? It wasn't Smurfette. Smurfette. No, yeah. it wasn't her for sure. It was one of the other. It was the dopey one. Uh, oh, it was the dopey one. man. But, um, Framed. T T T R P G. Anyway, T N T. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been really fun being able to incorporate my uh, personal uh, um, hobbies into my content because I'm a mm-hmm. huge huge gamer. I'm a nerd. Uh, like. Obviously, Dungeons and Dragons, TTRPGs, tabletop games. Um, you know, I stream. So any stuff like that, like I'm super into. And finally, I was like, I want to blend the two. I have to blend the two to be a little bit more true to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to do that has been incredible amounts of fun. Finding out how, again, that Venn diagram uh, mm-hmm. shares that space. So That's yeah, I've, I've been able to do that. It's been it's been great. It's awesome. It's like the a dream single. is yeah, finding what you love to do and getting paid to do it is uh, the dream. So we're all living that dream. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> so wild. Yeah, it is. Be grateful every day, right? Uh, Well, what's next for you on the, you got Latinos against spooky shit. You got your streams. Is that just building the empire, bringing more people (laughs) under the fold to tell them they all belong and it's para todos. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a good planner. Um, (laughs) I like to improvise as as we all know. (laughs) Um, So I don't know what's next. I, I always wanted to entertain. That's one of the things I do know for sure from a, from a very young age, if I could get a laugh, then I know that I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Now, is that generational trauma saying that, <laughs> hey, if I can make people happy, that innately yeah. makes me a good person? Well, I don't know. every comedian's origin yeah, story. My soul. Hello. <laughs> truly. Truly. But it, but it feels like an even exchange. It's like, I demand attention, but I have to earn it. Here's a laugh. Oh, yeah. Right. right. My attention. It's a cur- exchange Equal exchange. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so I've always known I wanted to do that. And, and years ago, uh, truly 12 years ago, um, I had tried to start my, my career by being a streamer. It didn't pan out. It didn't work out for X, Y, and Z reason. Things happened, but in my heart and soul, I always knew, okay, I want to connect with people in this way. And I just don't know how to 
how to do it. And so three years ago, all this happens and I'm like, shit, okay, I, I can't do it. I do mm-hmm. have that option. And I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time and figuring out what's next. Um, I've been extremely lucky to be part of podcasts like this and, and shows, um, you know, and I am in the works of potentially even having my own podcast. I don't know. Awesome. Kind of all up in the air. Exciting. Um, yeah, I, I don't think – I think that's kind of the neat thing about our space as as creators. I don't like content creators. I like influencers. It makes me feel gross. But creators, creators is a cool one. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't limited by media in the sense of, oh, if you're a TV actor, that's all you're going to be known for. Mm-hmm. Or if you're you know a movie star, that's all you're going to be known for. Like we can, we can really do a lot of things a lot of other people can't do because we're so fluid in that way. So – I'm excited to see what's next. I don't have anything solid other than continuing to work with my friends um, and telling stories through tabletop games, uh, continuing to play video games online and, and connecting directly with my community. Um, you know, I uh, if I ever get a chance to be on a show, hey, I will do it. Movie? Absolutely. You know, uh, fully Me support. Me too, for anyone listening. Yeah, we're available. <laughs> all three of us are available. All three of us. Uh, uh, we, uh, we could even do a pseudo uh, 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 Scooby-Doo thing. Yeah, right. I'll <laughs> we'll Scooby. I'll be like, row, row. We're not doing this. Come on now. You know, but uh, I'll no, get there's. The van. You'll get the van. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. No, I'm, I'm excited for all the options. Um, yeah. And of awesome. course, huge SAG after supporter and WAG supporter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I stand same. with everybody in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, by the time that this comes out, y'all get your shit figured out uh, <laughs> as far as the executives fucking coming right. to the table. But no, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for life. I'm excited for what's next. I, I don't know what's next. I Every day is a refresh of my email and, and be like, Let's see what's what's happening and, and that's exciting out, though. So. That you never and that's exciting in our industry too, like you said, is it's we're able to like pivot a lot to other areas. Yeah. So you never know what kind of email you're gonna get where you're like, I never thought I'd be involved with this, but this sounds cool. Sure, let's give it a shot. I, I never expected you guys to reach out. Um <laughs> a friend of mine has actually listened to one of your episodes and has you saved on their Spotify. So oh, I told them today you. was uh, oh, it's gonna be Sinister Hood, and they're like, oh, the Sinisterhood? I was like, what do you mean the Sinisterhood? <laughs> like, you know them? And they're is like, it, yeah. Is, and I was is like, it episode 13 they have saved? If I had to bet, I would bet it's episode 13. I'll have to Likely. ask them. Okay. <laughs> do you it's, think it's okay? It's, our, it's, first there, it's our first one, but also it's a pretty infamous one uh, because of a story that I tell, which is my legacy. It is all I'll be known for. It's no matter how much I create. <laughs> All I'm going to for is ominous. what happened on this on this episode. You can turn it off and uh, listen to it and just experience it for yourself because we don't want to rob you of the No, yeah, after this, I'm going to go listen to it. <laughs> we don't rob you of that, depending for sure. on Depending on, on You're the like, content. You're like, she seems so nice on the yeah. on the interview, and then Yikes. I heard a yeah, you're very gonna, different side of her. <laughs> you're going to text me, and your number's going to be blocked right after I finish <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, oh, that's weird. It's not it's going weird. through. Went straight to green, huh? It went Strange. straight to green, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, don't I love that you want to uh, surrender to the ceaseless unfolding of life because I, that's how, what we have to do. That Rick mm-hmm. Rubin says, if you don't know the next thing to do, just do the next thing as best as you can, and you're doing it. So mm-hmm. we appreciate that. The only consistency I've ever known is inconsistency. There hey. you go. I love it. That could be on a shirt as well for you. Also, <laughs> that's a bumper sticker. <laughs> that's a bumper sticker. Yeah. Oh, we had so much fun talking with Absolutely. you today. Thank you're you so delight. much for uh, everyone following you online. Where can they follow you? 
What's you can the best find thing? me uh, Latinos Against Spooky Shit on all my platforms except Twitter, where it's against spooky because my name's too long and it doesn't fit. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. The stamp character limits, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can catch me on my Discord. That's the best way to keep up to date with what's happening. I post my schedules, I post uh, programs and events and all that kind of stuff, um, and Instagram. So those are going to be the big love ones it. where you're going to find all the I announcements. But thank you guys so much for this. Thank you, platform thank you for and this moment. Us. No, absolutely, I. Love doing these, and you Wait. are an absolute charm and a treat. Aww, thank uh, you. Despite yeah. the, right I, I believe that's a Ouija board sinister hood behind yes. you. Plus the candles. Oh yes, that was yeah. made by Heather's yeah. uh, brother-in-law who does wood burning. That yeah. looks so good. I, it I was, is I was, really I, good. I've been looking at it this whole time. I'm like, what does that look familiar? What does that give me the creeps? It's ah, awesome. Right there, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that was good. one of our first uh, fan gifts. Yes, was from oh, Aaron. I love that. It was so nice. Ooh. Yes, my brother-in-law. Shout out to you, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, Aaron Aguilar's high proof designs. Thank you. you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, well, thank you. Will you take us out with your famous catchphrase? Because we just love it, and I would love to have it recorded on our air for posterity. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Don't forget, if you heard it, no, you didn't. Dios los bendiga, and best of luck. Yay. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Adios. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for your time spent with us. And thank you to everybody else for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content. We just uploaded a live show video for all patrons, including free ones that on our Patreon. So you can go there and just join for free and then you can watch that. We have some other things for people at that level. And then also you get notifications anytime we do post stuff. So if something strikes your fancy and you're like, I'd like to listen to that, then you know you can just upgrade your tier at any time. Yeah, that's our uh, we love the the joint for free because I know I've seen a lot of people go, Well, what's even the point? It's a part, it's a way for you to be a part of the community, even if you know you can't financially contribute right now. That's fine too. We still want to find ways to send stuff to y'all and keep in touch. So it's uh it's pretty easy. You just hop on over there, pop in your email, and then you'll hear from us, especially as we get closer to next year once we start to go on tour again, because we do pre-sales on Patreon. That's where you're gonna hear about it first. And then in order you'll get all the information on how to get the pre-sale code and all that good stuff. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash sinisterhood you can also head to sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out our sinisterhood merch we got t-shirts mugs totes stickers clothes for your kids pretty much if you have someone in your life that needs a gift why not get it at the sinisterhood shop it's holiday time don't go out to stores they're terrible you can order it on the internet and it'll be at your house in two seconds and you don't even don't have, even to, have worry to leave about it. <laughs> You don't have to leave. But if you also head to our TikTok shop, there are some sales going on over there as well. So keep an eye out on our TikTok shop or you can head to our website and click shop on the top banner. While you're there, you can also review the show, follow us on socials and check out the episode description. You'll also find fun things like topic based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Threads at Sinisterhood Pod. You can like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Check out the full video version of our interview with Latinos Against Spooky Shit on our YouTube channel. And follow us on TikTok. 
Another great idea for a holiday gift is a cameo. If you're not familiar with that, it is a custom personalized video shout out from Christy and I. It is a great thing to get the person who already has everything. It's nothing tangible, physical. It's just an exciting feeling. I've gotten Christy a cameo from Fiona the Hippo. Uh, one of the for- best days of my life. <laughs> you got me a cameo from Zach Gilford. One of the best days of my life. Uh, <laughs> it really does make you feel special and excited. And it's always such a fun, unexpected thing. So we would love to do those for you. So if you're hearing this like moments before, before a holiday or something and you're like, Oh God, I got to do it. We also have 24 hour delivery. You just have mm-hmm. to, you know, toggle that you need that and let us know what you want us to say, but we would love to uh, spread a little holiday cheer for you on cameo. So go to cameo.com and search for sinisterhood. Where are you at online? Christy? Well, before I answer that, one of the f- most fun things of cameo is that you can be there when the person watches it yeah. and see their reaction, which is very fun. I, legitimately burst into tears when Fiona came on the screen. It was, we, we have video of it because it we should was, post, we'll post that on our free Patreon too. I, I think, think we've posted it before. We can, yeah, we should. It was we'll during a virtual baby shower for Simon that you threw for me. And it was so unexpected and literally like 50 people are watching me just sob because Aww. Fiona is eating cabbage and, beautiful. and the handlers are telling me like, congratulations. But then, <laughs> The one for Zach Guilford, we played that at uh, your birthday show that it happened to be in Houston. We were doing a live show. And so getting to see like the recipient's reaction is a gift in and of itself. So it's a fun thing. Paris might have filmed that too. So maybe we can do a little quick, uh, our cameo reveals of each other. And we'll put that on, uh, blast that out to our Patreon on oh, free, yeah. for free because it both of it is just us just being surprised and shocked. And yeah, you saw very hard because it's Fiona. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it was, I was also eight months pregnant. So the hormones <laughs> were raging. But even if I wasn't, Fiona will bring me to tears. <laughs> well, where are you at online? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm online at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinister. Home.